Here we're celebrating the coming of our Lord Jesus. His coming is so important. I wish uh, we all can fully understand the reason for which he came. Um, it's preaching and then there is just talking, which is really important in my view. And just sharing the truth of the meaning of Christmas, that Jesus was born. The day is not important. What is important is he came. And if he hadn't come, none of us would be here. And we honor his presence today. He is here with us and we're so grateful that he came. And uh, he came for a purpose. He was born for a purpose. And that purpose has to be accomplished in every life that's willing to accept. It's very possible for it to happen. There is nothing impossible. There is nothing God cannot do. So it's possible. Bring it down so I can hear the echo. (laughs) Pastor Wendy read this. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 14. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Don't be afraid. The angel said this now. Don't be afraid. I brought good news from heaven. And it's not just for you shepherds alone. This good news is going to be for all people. Every individual. You know, God said to Abraham, Through you, every family of the earth shall be blessed. This was the fulfillment of that. And the angels were so excited. He says, Today there is born unto you. I thought it was unto Mary. Right? No. He was born unto you in the city of Bethlehem today. For every family. Every family. If you will allow Jesus, He will be a part of your family. He will be a part of your life. It's good news. The angel said so. This was from heaven. Good news from heaven. Of great joy for every person of the earth. Great, not just joy, I mean great joy for every person. If you fully understand it, there's something to be excited about this. There's something to shout for in this message. If you understand about the coming of Christ to the earth. The angels understood it. They were excited. You know, right after that, he said... The host of heaven appeared. They too were excited. That's an amazing thing. For once, God allowed those angels out. Not to worship God where He is in heaven, but right here on earth. We don't know how many angels manifested their presence that day. But it was an exciting thing that had taken place. And they were excited. Their Lord was now on the earth. He says in verse 13 of that chapter, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Now a multitude of heavenly hosts. Great 
warriors from heaven. This day they were praising God. And they were saying this. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Goodwill towards your life. What I see in that is if there's something that's happening in your life that doesn't make you feel good, it's not the will of God. More than that, He is willing to change it for you. If you want it changed, He will. Good tidings from heaven. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. Why was this such a great news for home of mankind? Why was it so great? Why was it born? That's the important thing. It's not for you to struggle, but for, for him to do something about your situation that will bring joy into your life. It's not for you to do anything, but to believe and accept what he came to do. And you'll find the blessing from heaven. It's not for you to strive, but to believe and to act on what heaven brought down for us. In Luke chapter 1, the father of John the Baptist, you know, remember the angel shut his mouth for that whole nine months. He says, I don't want him to talk. He'll talk himself out of God's blessing. Some of us do that. We exclude ourselves. That God had a purpose and nothing was going to stop it. And his mouth will cause God trouble. So God said, I'm going to shut you up until the child is born. And when the child was born, God opened his mouth. And he said this prophetically. He said this about you and me today prophetically. These words must come to pass. It was spoken through Zacharias from the Holy Spirit. In Luke, uh, Luke 1 17, to grant that, grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies. So God has granted it that you will be delivered from the hands of your enemies. It's in Luke chapter 1 74. To grant us that we, being delivered, so God is granting that you be delivered from the hands of your enemies. Whatever that is that is making life uncomfortable for you, God has granted you the ability to be free from it. And He is going to, be, to deliver you from that, from the hands of your enemies. Notice not just one enemy, not Satan. Everything that is an enemy in your life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So he came to free us from our enemies. That we, being delivered from our enemies, might serve him without fear. I like the word without fear. No fear of untimely death. No fear of great death that I can pay. No fear of homelessness. No fear of my children growing wild and getting caught in things that I don't want them to get caught in. Because God will turn them around. I firmly believe that. To serve God without fear. How many days of our life? 
all the days of our lives. That's God's will for your life. All the days, every single day, after you found Christ, to serve Him without fear, in holiness and righteousness, before Him all the days of our lives. Holiness is very important. Righteousness is important, and that's where I'm going this morning. Holiness is important. We have to live holy. We have to live righteously. I know people have a lot of ideas about holiness, but I don't think that what they're thinking is what the scripture says. There's a big difference. You have to look at holiness from God's viewpoint and righteousness from God's viewpoint. But we have to live holy. That's what God has granted us. No. He has granted us that that's available to every one of us. We can live holy lives and we can live a righteous life. We must never forget that. That was part of the good news that God brought to us. That was part of the reason why Jesus came. To grant us that we will be able to live a holy life. Because holiness will bring a lot of good into our lives. Because the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall... Well, we always think about seeing him when we get up there. Or well, let's seeing him here. That would do you a lot of good. They're seeing him right here. Blessed are the pure in heart. Not when they get there, here. And when you see him, you get revelation. Your eyes are opened. And you live a life without fear. In holiness. In righteousness. All the days. You must believe this. See? It's by faith. You have to believe that God can make it possible. God will not speak a word that cannot come through. God will not expect you to do something that you can't do. But if you believe that you cannot live a holy life, that you can't live righteously before God all the days of your life, guess what? You're open to the enemy. It's a lie from the enemy. We don't have to preach on holiness to make people feel bad. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying with Christ. Amen. You can be assured of that. Unless you don't want it. Some people don't want it. They don't want to give anything up. They want to hold it. Hold on, hold on to it. That he came. The purpose for his coming is to free us. Being delivered from the hands of all our enemies. And the greatest enemy is sin. Sin in the life. It's the greatest enemy. And he came to deliver us from that. And we can truly be delivered. We can be delivered from that. And live without a guilty conscience all the time. Without this uh, consciousness of sin. Where you're so trapped in yourself. Sin, sin, sin. That's all you see. If that's the way you think, that's the way you are. That's who you are. You can't change yourself. He has to change that. It's true. We can and there's so much power in the word of God to transform us. And what I'm sharing with you, the purpose, the good news of his coming 
is you can be free from that thing that's holding you in bondage. Holding your mind in bondage. Directing you where you, sh- you don't want to go. Making you do things that you don't want to do. And you hate what you're doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? He came to free us. This is no condemnation. This is good news. He came to free you. You don't have to feel condemned. Go to Him. If you really have that desire to be free, He will free you and the world will see it. Then He gets the glory. He won't force you unless you're willing. I know that because I've been there too. He won't force you. He'll let you keep doing that stuff. Until the day you say, no, I don't want this anymore. And He'll free you. The power is there. He came to deliver us from the hands of our enemies. We're not talking about holiness church. <laughs> it has nothing to do with church. It has to do with your relationship with your God. Matthew one twenty one. it tells us this. God had appeared to, to Joseph, sending his angels to, to Joseph. He says, and she will bring forth a son. Matthew one twenty one. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why Jesus? Jesus means Savior. Why Jesus? Because he is going to be their Savior. He will save his people from their sin. He will save his people from their sin. That means that his people have sin in their lives, right? And he, the Savior, will save his people from their sin. And when he saves his people from their sin, they, they, are no, longer, they no longer have their sin, right? He saves them from their sin. I believe that he can do this. Now when I talk about this, people are, have this you know, we're not talking about the Buddhist monk. You know, I'm not going to say any word. I'm going to be this. And I'm... That's not what we're talking about. Holiness is a hard thing. It can be misjudged sometimes. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a hard thing. It's you, between you and your God. And He sees it. He rewards it. Always displeased with it and disciplines. I don't believe in, and we'll come into that, in false humility and the spirit of Pharisee. We'll come into that. Because those things will hinder you from really understanding who God is. People may see one thing, but what was really there is different. It's got to be you who have nothing to prove to anybody. It's between you and your God. It's a relationship thing. And there's so much power in the Word of God to free us to do what is right. And He can fill you with such passion you do what is right. He, can, he alone can do it. You can do it, but you have to receive it. That's the key. Amen? This is not a very happy sermon, I can tell. <laughs> but it's very good. Because He frees us from the things that will destroy us. Sin destroys. Young people, sin is not a good thing. It's very painful when it's all over. It's a very dirty thing. 
appears like really good, it's like you will be wise if you eat. He doesn't tell you what's going to happen after you eat. You will be naked after you eat. He never lets you see that. So this is very important. I know I'm talking to saints this morning. That God is calling us to live right. John 8, 34, 35, good words. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. If you are committing, I mean, not sin, just one sin here. No, if that, you're doing something that's sin, sin, if you commit sin, he who, he who commits sin, that's an ongoing thing in your life, you are what? A slave of sin. You can say whatever you want. You have to deal with the words of Jesus. You can say whatever you want. If you're committing sin, that's a part of your life, you are a slave of whatever it is. You are in bondage. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. That's good news. But a son abides forever. That's another good news. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. That's why he was born. To make us free and to have that freedom in our lives indeed. Where you know God has truly freed you from this. I recall, you know, in college, when I was in college, there was this fellow that, uh, you know, I mean, he smoked like crazy. We will go to hell because of cigarette? Possibly not, but you are in bondage. And if you don't let go, there will be another open road for something else. That's the problem. Because he comes with this little thing, and then if you don't take care of it, He's going to kill you eventually because not that pain, other things will come in. You got to crack first, right? And from this little crack, it makes it bigger. He puts just a little finger in, and then he wiggles it until he can put the whole, the whole hand in. Before you know, you're taken. And you can be in the congregation, and while they are worshiping God, you know you're sitting there, everything is so cold in your life, you know there is great evil going on, and you can't help yourself. Started with this little thing that you couldn't, you, were, you refused to take a hold of, and wind on it. And now this promising life in the hands of God is in bondage. But if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Not some indeed. The Son is willing to make you totally free. If you will believe it, you can't free yourself. You can try as hard as if you, if you free yourself, if you this, you're just self-righteous. But that thing will come back in the greater force. But when the Son frees you, you are free indeed. I believe that word. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. That's why Jesus came. To free us indeed. You see, it, be, it depends on the kind of message you're hearing. If you hear a message, you're constantly hearing a message, 
that tells you, you no, it's nobody free. Everyone is doing it. Everything, just, that's just where, the way we are. We are all sinners. We all sin every day. If you continue to hear that message where you open, it depends on the doctrine that you've received. And if you receive the right doctrine, you'll be free. I mean, you don't have to struggle. God himself will free you. That's why I like the gospel. Good news. That God himself is the one that frees you. If you free yourself, you will be very condescending in your attitude. You look down on people. That's a religious spirit. And it's going to get you nowhere. You'll find other things in your life that are not pleasing to him. But when he frees you, you are free indeed, and you're not judgmental. Because there's no need to judge other people. And, and your heart is free. You believe God is free them as well. Amen. That's the gospel. It's good news. That's why he came. That you can be free from sin, from the power of sin. You can be free. I'm not saying you can't, you can't sin. You can't say you will not be tempted. But you are free from that bondage that is driving you. You know what I'm talking about. You can't help yourself and you know what it is. I cannot help myself. I don't like what I'm doing. But every week, maybe every two days, it's happening. Well, there's something. The place to go is to go to the master. And he's an expert in freeing us. He doesn't take him much time. He takes your will. He is an expert. Don't, you don't even have to try. He's acknowledging God, I got this problem. I like to hear people tell me, you got this problem. I know I can help me. I'll take it to him. Now I've been speaking in tongues for a long time. God, I need help. It's good. Because he will free you. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. It depends on what you're hearing. Now, in Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, it says, But God be thanked that though you were a slave of sin, what were you? You were what? A slave of sin. That means you are no longer a slave of sin. Um, is that the gospel? That's what the scripture says. You were a slave. That was in the past. Now you are no longer a slave. If you do it, you just want it to do. You're free. If you do it, you desire to do it. If he has freed you. See? If he has freed you. That's your decision. But you're free. You are no longer driven. To the point where I can't help myself. Now you can. The Holy Spirit is in you. And is at work in you. God has granted that we live. A holy life. Amen. That's the truth. And I believe the gospel. There was a time when they gave me all kinds of crazy stuff. And it was really difficult navigating my way through this thing. How do I know? And constantly feeling condemned and whatever. I know the truth by the grace of God. Amen. From the grace. This is the truth. God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered to you. Is the form of doctrine that you heard that is going to free you. Amen. You see, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. When you receive that form of doctrine that was delivered you, that form of doctrine will deliver you. If it is the doctrine of the Lord Jesus, if He's behind it. 
You just receive it. Once you hear the message and you say, yes, I want that. That power of God goes in and smashes that thing. This fellow, you know, what I've started saying in college, I mean, he smoked like crazy. But after he received the word, one day, you know, I pick him up in my car, take him to church. He, came, he couldn't wait for me to stop. As soon as I stopped the car, he come out and he's like, he's like and I never said anything because I knew there was no big deal about this. But it's not, it's not pleasing to the Lord, I believe, because the Bible says whatever is pure. Right? It's not pleasing, but God is not going to send somebody to hell because of that. That's my personal belief. But it's not pleasing. And it could lead to something bigger. But a few days later, he, he was new from Malaysia. This guy was from Malaysia. few days later, he, he was so angry one day. He said, good luck. I just hate these people smoking around us. I can't stand them smoking. I said, Nat, you remember you used to smoke? Have you forgotten? He had forgotten. God had delivered him. Now he was so mad at people smoking around him. He was really angry. I said, God delivered you. Wait for God to deliver them. Don't judge them. Please. Amen. When God frees you, you hate you understand what I'm saying? It's no longer part of your life. You feel, oh, I mean, terrible if that even touches you. Even if it's suggested, you don't want there, you move the other way. It's true freedom, Christ came. I mean, He came to make us free. I really believe it from my heart. God came to free us. And He'll free anybody if you're ready to be freed. I mean, He'll free you. I really believe. Otherwise, we're just wasting our time coming here. The only reason is sometimes we are not willing. We still want to nurse that thing there. Do you understand what I'm saying, people, this morning? We don't want to know something that's going to kill you. The Bible says, if you take fire onto your bosom, you're going to be burnt. We can't nurse it. And, and please, I'm not mad at anything, okay? I'm just speaking from what the Lord gave me, okay? It says, but you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And haven't been set free from sin. So what set you free from sin? The form of doctrine that was delivered to you. And that doctrine set you free from sin. And then now you became a slave of righteousness. You were a slave of sin. Now you are a slave of righteousness. I said this in Nigeria while I was talking to them. I'm a slave of righteousness. A slave doesn't have the choice, you know. I don't have to obey sin anymore when he comes and says, well, you need to obey me this time. You, know, you remember I used to be your master and I, you obeyed me faithfully, but I have a new assignment for you. Say, look, my master is going to be angry with me. Uh, my new master is called righteousness. And if I obey you, he's going to be really mad. And even listening to you is a little mistake. He's not going to be happy for listening to you. Please. Can we end this conversation now? Because uh, I can't obey you anymore. When I used to serve you, uh, I was very good at serving you. But you punished me all the time. I got great troubles serving you. I don't want to go there anymore. This my new master. is a real good guy. A slave of righteousness. He treats me well. Amen. My new master treats me well. He gives me stuff. He is my shepherd. I not only serve him, but uh, for some reason, he protects me. And he is really kind. He doesn't whack me all the time with condemnation. He is really good to me. 
<laughs> and if I obey you, uh, uh, my old master sin, uh, he's not going to be very happy. And I don't want to displease him, please. Amen? That's what it is. You were a slave of sin. You served sin without reservation. And God is saying, you now have a new master. Serve him. Serve him. The Bible tells us in Romans 6.14. That time, no. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, that word is a key there. Notice, sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are not under the law. That's the key. I never understood that scripture very well. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not what? Under the law. I used to say, why? I mean, we're all supposed to obey the law. Right? And so sin doesn't have dominion over me because I'm not under the law. That's so key. Because I'm telling you the truth. Anytime you put yourself in bondage of the law, you are going to have things happening to you. You won't be able to obey God. What you have is just a, this Pharisee spirit pretending to be what you're not. It's not real. It's the truth. Because sin will then have dominion over you. And because you know you shouldn't, things are done in secret. It's the truth. You put yourself under the law. If you let man put you under the law, for whatever reason, things are going to be happening. You know, in my country, and I'm coming to that, they put us under the law. You can't wear jeans. What has Christianity got to do with blue jeans? But they think it's something righteous to do. So I was a holy brother because I didn't wear blue jeans. I'm better than you because you, brother, you wear blue jeans, and I'm done. See? Once that happens, I've seen it as the result, they are going on to sin. And it's very obvious in churches where they talk about sin, sin, sin all the time. Guess what happens? A lot of sin. My sister tells me this church all the time they were talking about adultery, adultery, who's committing. Guess what was happening? Even the pastor's wife was lost in. And she says it. Sin consciousness. Once you put yourself under the law, and I'm telling you this is so important, people, it's so important, it's very important. Once you put yourself under the law, whatever law, whether man-made law, whatever law, once you put yourself under it, things will be happening. And all you're doing is pretending. You know yourself. Because you, put, you take yourself from under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are not under the law, but under grace. It's through Christ and Christ alone. You trusting in Him and being willing. And you believe in it enough to act on it. It's what freedom. True freedom from heaven. True freedom cannot be found on this earth. It came from heaven. I said the other day when Christ was born, love was born. Love wills no man evil. Amen. Love wills no man evil. He came to make life better for us. How horrible it is for a man to be a Christian and you're struggling with things you shouldn't, you know you shouldn't. And that's a painful life. Right? It's a painful life. Very difficult life. You even wonder whether you will make it to heaven. Right? 
you wonder, because all these things are going on in your head. But there is freedom in Christ. There is freedom in the blood of Jesus. I used to hear those words and it sounded, what is it? I have not seen, I have not experienced the freedom you are talking about. It's just words to hear. But I'm telling you, there is true freedom in Christ. doesn't say you will never sin. But I'm telling you, there is true freedom so you know your relationship with Him is secure. If you are willing. You know, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the fruit of the land. Well, let me go further. The greatest enemy we have is the law. Because the law works with the flesh. Romans tells us there. This is not from me, this is from God. That's how the enemy takes believers into captivity. T.L. Osborne says, many times people get born again and then they take on religion. When they were born again, they were filled with joy. When they take on religion, the joy is gone. No joy. They only sing about the joy of the Lord. It's not there. Because <laughs> it now becomes works. We have to learn to stay away from that. You know, the Bible says this. Romans 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made us free from the law of sin and death. So you're free from the law of sin and death. That frees us. If you stay on the law of sin and death, you'll die. It's called sin consciousness. It's sin consciousness comes by the law. When you start to want to keep the law and try to be whatever, it's trying, you become sin conscious. And your language is always on sin. Sin, 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 sin. That's what he came to make us free. We should be thinking more about that. The freedom that he came to give to us. Hebrews 10 verse 2. I'm giving a lot of scriptures this morning. This is so important to me. We need to learn this. For then will they not have ceased to be offered... Hebrews 10 verse 2. For the worshiper once purified will have had no more consciousness of sin. Once you are purified. I mean, is this the word of God or not? This is the truth. Once you are purified, you shouldn't be conscious of sin. And if you're constantly talking about sin, sin, sin in your life, that's what's going on in your life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But if you say, well, I don't want to talk that way so people won't say that I am, have that. Well, is this, you still have the same problem. You just need to find a way to be free. And the way is easy. If the Son makes you free. And Jesus said this. He was saying, when you hear my word, keep my word in your heart. He was saying to them. If you, if you hear these words that I'm saying to you and you follow my commandments, then you will be free. And the Jews said, we are not sinners. What are you talking about? We are not in bondage to anyone. We are free people. And Jesus said, if he who commits sin, he is a servant of sin. So Jesus was talking about keeping his word close to your heart. You don't feel better than anybody else. Because it's God that is doing it in you. Amen. It's, it's, such, it's such a spiritual thing. It's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. So God against self-righteousness. You need to guard against that. It's a big deceit. 
guard against self-righteousness. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrew, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They have what? They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. So what do you do? You submit to the righteousness of God. Otherwise you will be trying to establish your own righteousness. You submit. You believe the form of doctrine that was delivered to you. And then you're free. You know what I'm sharing with you today? Because of the struggles in my life, I started digging. I needed to find this out. And I've heard all kinds of things. You heard Romans chapter 7. You say, Paul says, when I was going to do this, this was, evil was present with me. But if you read that scripture, Paul said, when you, we were in the flesh, the motions of sin did this and this and this. And when I want to do this, this is what. And then he said in Romans chapter 8, but you are not in the flesh. So you shouldn't be having the motions of sin. That shouldn't be the pattern of your thinking. For me, this has been 32 years. And I've seen all kinds of things. I don't, have all, I don't know everything. But I've seen one wave come, another one wave go, another wave come in, in Christianity. I have nothing to prove to anybody. And I don't get quickly, my wife and I are about the same. We are not quickly impressed by anything. I, I honor those that God is using greatly. But this is my standard. See, first thing is I want to make it to heaven. That's number one. Not to be a preacher. This is a job because God called me to. I want to get to heaven. That's number one for me. I want to get there. I'm not going to get to heaven and tell God, well, you know, I was preaching to all of those people, so I got to get in here. That's dumb. I want to get there. It's been 32 years for me. I want to get there. And I'm very serious about getting there. I am really serious about getting there. And you better be serious about getting there. It's so important. He came. Don't allow his death and resurrection to be in vain in your life. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. We can be free. Jesus said so. He said if he frees us, we will be free indeed. He wants you to believe it. If you believe it, you honor him. It's not by might, it's not by power. It's by his spirit. All God is asking, believe it. Just believe it and say, God, I received that. If this is good news, I want that good news for my life. And watch what God will do. As you act on the word, as you speak the word. As you say to yourself, that's what I do. I say to myself all the time, I'm not a slave of sin anymore. Am I completely free from sin? No. But I don't think about sin every day. I don't have those struggles in the mind, you know, where he's like constantly rebuking. No, I am not a slave of sin. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from it. God said, if the Son 
Are you coming with me tonight to this morning? It's not night yet. <laughs> if the Son makes you free, what did Jesus say? And he, Jesus said the scriptures cannot be broken. He would do it. So if it's not, that's because I have not been willing. Right? Or maybe you've taken self-righteousness to, to overshadow that. We go by the law, by the law of the Spirit of Christ. That's what frees people. So we don't go by the law. That's the greatest problem. It says, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, seeking to establish their own righteousness, they haven't submitted. Now, in Romans chapter 14, verse 2 and 3, you can hear this. And we need to be very watchful. That's part of the reasons, you know, we, we need to understand this. It's so important. Look at what it says, verse 2. For one believes he may eat all things. Now it becomes righteousness and eating. It's stupid. It has nothing to do with what you eat. But there are people who will want you to feel like we don't eat this, so we 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 we're better. It's dumb. What has righteousness got to do with eating? Whether you eat vegetables or you eat whatever. Now look, he says, for one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. But the funny thing is, those who eat vegetables believe that they are stronger than the other guys that are not eating vegetables. That's the funny thing. We begin it one way backward. I mean, I'm not criticizing, I'm just telling you to see, I'm helping you to see what we're doing to ourselves. When you enter into self-righteousness, do you understand what I'm saying? When you enter into self-righteousness, and staying under the law, that's where you find yourself dumb, stupid. But look at the scripture here. It's not the one that's eating vegetables that's stronger. That's a weak brother. But we reverse it. The one who is not eating vegetable thinks, hey brother, I'm living right. You meat eaters has nothing to do with Christianity. Has nothing to do with Christianity. And if you fall for that, you receive another spirit. Sin will then have dominion over you because you place yourself under the law. And you can read further down into that scripture. There are those that say we don't celebrate this day, we celebrate that. And they make it like it's a big deal. Once you do that, there will be things going on in your life. And you don't understand why. You shouldn't go there. You should never go there. You know, this has been years for me. Don't ever go there. I'm telling you from my heart. Not to criticize, but to out of love for you. Don't go there. Because you miss out of the grace of God. If you don't like it, say, I don't like it. But don't make it Christianity. If you make it... You just turned everything around. That's why Paul said in Galatians, who had bewitched you? You started in faith. Now you're going by the law. You're going by what you see and feel, taste and all of that. That has nothing to do with Christianity. And I don't want that in the Ark Fellowship. I really want what is true and lovely before God. Not judgmental of anybody. It's so important. That's why I said it's a real quiet message. So important. It's so very important. So we don't have self-righteousness and never make it. Because then deep down you're struggling with things you shouldn't be struggling with. And on the outside you have a show. And Christ is not in it. There is no power. No understanding either. So we need to understand it. 
Please give me just five minutes. I will round up, okay? You need to watch out for self-imposed religion. Self-imposed religion. We are not religious people. We are children of the living God. These are the things that hinder people. They do. They hinder people. And sometimes they disguise themselves as holy, but it's not. If you look beyond, unless the word of God is a lie. You see, I don't look at things from what I see in the outside. I always go to the scriptures. If you tell me something, if I don't understand, most likely I'll be quiet just listening to you. But when I leave your presence, I'm going to check the scriptures. Then I'll place you. That's just the way I do my, do my things. I live by what I hear. If two people, tells me some, two people tell me something, this is what I know they are telling the truth. If it's bad, I need to go cry out to God. Because <laughs> the Bible says if the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. If they're telling you, two people that don't have anything to do with what you go, is going on in your life, and they are not familiar with what, but they can see it, and you resist, something is wrong. You're either proud, or you got religion. You really need to back off. And humble yourself and cry out to God. I, I prefer that. I like that. My wife knows that. If I hear something from her, sometimes I'm a little rascal. I, hear. <laughs> I don't listen very much. It's my wife, you know. But if I hear it from somebody, say from... Uh, I'm going to go home with Jim this morning. <laughs> I didn't say every time. Sometimes I don't. Because I always think I'm right, you know, but uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and she knows. But anyway, um, can we go back to this again? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm finished. I'm finished. Have mercy on me. I repent, okay? <laughs> In dust and ashes. That's the way the repentance is accepted. But. I need to go on with this. So watch out for self-imposed religion. This, is, this can be very deceitful. It says, Beloved, John, uh, 1 John 1, uh, 4 verse 1, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now look, in Colossians 2 verse 20 through 23, it says, Therefore, if you died with, the, with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using. Things which perish with the using. According to the commandments and doctrines of men, these things indeed, these things that perish with the using, regulations, don't touch, don't taste, don't handle, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. When you are told, it looks like, this looks great, this looks holy, this looks pleasing to the Lord. They have an appearance of wisdom, but it's in self-imposed religion. False humility. In, in uh, the century version, it says, is they are pretending to be humble. False humility. And neglect of the body. This is the product. Neglect of the body. So, we draw attention to myself. Because, see, I don't do this. I don't take care of my body for the Christianity. It's a lie. When you neglect your body, something is not right. 
you have a self-imposed religion. You want people to look to you rather than to Christ. You're not supposed to neglect your body. Anything that perishes with the using. You can build as many houses as you want. Let it be as great as you want. Put all the gold in it. It perishes with the using. It has nothing to do with Christianity. You can have or you may not have. You can decide to live in a small house. And just one bed or maybe a table for you to eat and you sleep on the floor. It has nothing to do with Christianity. It perishes with the using. It's false humility. And if you put your focus on it, that's not going to work for you. You put yourself under the law and you will fail grace. Grace will fail you. It's not there for you. It has nothing to do with Christianity. You're just drawing attention to yourself. You know, when you put yourself under the law, when I was in my country growing up as a Christian, they taught us a lot of funny stuff. And we had this false humility and self-righteousness. The stuff about not wearing pants for women, they have to cover their head all the time. Their sisters don't have to put makeup on. Some of them look like my brothers because they covered their head and I was free. <laughs> oh, not Angela, please. Angela was not there. Angela was. When I saw Angela, I said, mm, God, you are blessed. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> they look like my brothers, and I'm saying, Oh, Lord God, where will I find? Why did you put all the beautiful women? Outside the church, and you brought all the ugly ones in the church. No, that's it. They are self imposed religion. Self imposed religion. At home, I almost hated my faith, you know. I said, Oh Lord, I have to marry one of these. And then the pastor hammers on. You cannot marry an unbeliever. I said, oh God. (laughs) That's a hard saying, oh God. It's a hard saying. (laughs) These sisters, oh Lord help me. They look like my brothers. They really did. They tied their hair. I couldn't tell. I said, God, what if I marry this woman and then we get home and she has no hair? I know. What am I going to do? It's all over. No hearing, nothing. God have mercy. And then I found in the scriptures that God punished them and took their earrings when they disobeyed him. And now the righteousness is for them to take the earrings off. I thought that was supposed to be a blessing from God. But the false humility and self-imposed religion believes that taking it off is the right thing. Those things have nothing to do with Christianity. I mean, they even went as far as saying, if you shake a sister's hand. Oh, you remember Esther. If you shake a sister's hand, Esther is from Nigeria. What is in your heart? So when you shake a sister's hand... You are shivering in your pants. Oh Lord, what's going on in my heart? Oh, protect me, I'm about to fall. Has nothing to do with Christianity. And these people come up with this because of what's going on inside them. Has nothing to do with Christianity. You can live up your heart. Remember the scripture, Titus 1.15. To the pure all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Nothing. 
If your heart is pure, you don't read impurities. To the pure, all things, these are the, the words of the Lord. Who knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart of a man? To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their minds and conscience are defiled. So we have to be very careful. We want to make it to heaven. What appears to be Christianity is not. It's just a show. And I don't like shows. I want to make it to heaven. I'm going to make it. So important. You want to make it to heaven. We have liberty in Christ. Christ makes us free. We have liberty in Him. And if you feel in some restriction this morning in your life, there's something going on in your life, you need to be up here this morning and let God free you. Now, I don't want to go up there because everybody will know that I have... Well, it's the same problem you got. You're trying to impress people. That's what's important to you. If that's what's important to you, stay with it. Jesus is not going to take it away from you. That's what you like. They'll praise you. They'll talk about how holy you are. But every time they are talking about how holy and how radiant the aroma of Christ is coming from you, God does. There's nothing there. We have to be pure before the Lord. And purity doesn't judge people. You just, you know, God is in you, God is doing work. Your pain is to help. Not to look down on anybody. That's not my intention. But I want us to live purely before the Lord. And have liberty before Christ. Galatians 5.13 He tells us that, brethren, we have been called to liberty. That's what God called us to. To what? Your calling is to freedom. When Christ calls you, you get freedom. And if anyone feels you, if you feel restricted by people, I'm getting out of there. It's not liberty. It's not from the Lord. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. Don't do something silly. But through love, serve one another. Would you stand up with me? Thank you. I mean, when the service is over, I want you to do this. You know yourself. And sometimes we give altar calls. You know your life between you and your God. If you mean business with your God, you come here. Forget people. See? Just forget people. Forget people. You have nothing to prove. I don't know how many times I had to say to myself years ago, I have nothing to prove. I have nothing to prove. I was struggling. I really needed to have that thing in my heart. I have nothing to prove to anybody. Please tell yourself you got nothing to prove to anybody. So you can be truly free. Amen. All the workers, would you come up? Come out here, please. And I'm going to ask people to come as you feel free. If no one comes, it's okay. If you really want freedom, then you can come. 
And if something is bothering you, please come. Let God free you this morning. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, tell one of these other workers, See, I really want to be free. I want to know Christ. I was born again years back. But I believed everything that you all believed, but I was still going to hell. I knew Jesus was born by the Virgin Mary. I knew that. And I believed it. I knew that Jesus died for the sins of the world. My sin. I knew that. And I believed it. I also knew that Jesus died and was raised from the dead. But I was still going to hell. Until I experienced Christ. How many of us have experienced Him? It's something to experience. You've experienced Him in your life. If you haven't experienced Him, you need to come down here. Say, brother, I want to experience that. And let God do it for you. I may not say a closing prayer so we can go. Our time is far gone. But I, I just needed to let this out today. Amen. Father, I just thank you so much for your people. They are loved by you. A beautiful people that you call to yourself. Be with them. Honor them with yourself. Prosper them greatly. Let your word do its work in their lives. Make them mighty women and men of God. Let them, by your grace, take over the land. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. God bless you.